Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions and you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P. At checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. going on folks welcome to another episode of affirmative murder the equal opportunity murder podcast i am alvin williams joined as always by my partner in true crime francel evans what's up uh we had a, a development uh last night folks uh the serial serial documentary that we were supposed to watch this month it turns out that that is a four-part docu-series now if you haven't learned about fran that i know about fran because i've known him since we were children if you haven't picked that up Fran has the attention span of a, a, a cricket, so I I was not even there was it wasn't even a question about wh- whether we were going to do that or not. It's four parts; they're each an hour. I don't know where he would find the time to watch all four of those, let alone retain the information in four separate viewings of things and then being able to bring it here. And I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so that's a bit much. yeah, so we decided to take an emergency poll last night uh, with four movies. People kind of ignored the fourth movie. Uh, the four movies are. Uh, Witness, Tower, Long Shot, and Killing for Love. Now, Witness has stolen the poll, is running away with it, so that'll definitely be one of the choices. Um, I think uh, Long Shot might be in second place, but as far as votes go, it is it is Witness with a landslide so far. That's definitely in first place by a mile. So we will have the new movie that we'll be watching. We will let you guys know uh, by next Friday, so you guys can watch it, get your cereals, and you know, and prepare to do that. Um, but in other news, Fran, this uh, this is America video. I don't think we that came out in between the episodes, so I feel like we need to at least talk about that for a quick second. Blew up the internet. It is the hottest video out mm-hmm. right now, really. Um, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, what'd you think of it? What was your um, interpretation of that video? I thought I liked the video because I felt like he was trying to say that. We pay attention to the wrong things. Yes. 
Um, I would agree with that. There are also a lot of other messages. Um, what I find hilarious is um, people who are overanalyzing. There's a lot of overanalyzation going on now. Mm-hmm. People are like, man, do you see that car? You know why he picked a 94 Honda Civic? It's because the year that that came out, the riots in Oakland. Had, it's like, it's not that deep, man. It's not yeah, that deep. But, you know, people are overanalyzing <laughs> to sound smart, you know. Uh, but um, what I like about Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, is that he was interviewed because, you know, Solo just came out, the mm-hmm. Han Solo movie, and he's mm-hmm. in that playing Landau Calrissian, and somebody asked him about it in the interview, and he said, hey, man, no, I'm, I'm, that's up to the people. I put the video out. It's not up to me to decide for you what their interpretation is. So mm-hmm. he won't even tell you what, what the video means. It's up. He's leaving it solely up to the viewers, and I love mm-hmm. that. It's like he could have came out and be like, nah, man, it doesn't mean that. He's like, mm-hmm. it means whatever you want it to mean. I don't care. <laughs> I just think that's like the epitome of his, his entire attitude about life and, and why he's able to be so successful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Fran, what's going on with you, man? Uh, nothing much. I go back to work Monday. Unfortunately, Ooh, vacation was nice though. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, that's about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I'll take vacations whenever I want because, as you know, I, you know, I sell Amway products from home, so uh, I'm always at home making cold calls. You know, and most people, I just want to send a message out to people. These people, like myself, we're just trying to make a living, man. You don't have to pick up the phone and be rude. You know, mm. I'm calling you. Maybe you need a ski boat. Maybe you don't. But you don't have to flip out on me. And I'm wait, just doing... they don't sell ski boats, do they? They sell whatever you need, bro. Oh, okay. You looking to buy? No. We'll talk no, after. No. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. No, we won't. Um, we'll no, talk after. Do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm smoking a uh, brisket out on the grill, Big Daddy Dog style, how I do. So um, I don't want to take up my time because it's very valuable or, or, or yours. I'm sure you have something to do. You have a child or something. I'm sure it's yeah, needs taken care of or something. Run around and do that. However that works. So, um... Without further ado, let's hop into these good vibe segments, folks. Yes, that's right. It is the segment that is sweeping the nation. Good vibes. We're here to give you a little bit of that positive energy before we douse you in the darkness and the evil that exists in the world. So uh, this week, I'm going to kick things off with my story. Um, I thought this was a very beautiful story, and I wanted to bring it here to the Good Vibes segment to share with you folks. Uh, This is, uh, I want to tell you about a little girl named Anaya Ellick, okay? Now, Anaya Ellick is nine years old, and uh, she made national headlines two years ago because she won the penmanship competition. Now, as a person with... What is that? Writing. Oh. Cursing. I don't know what the fuck that was. Signing. It's pen. Pen is in it. I said, I don't know what I thought it was. I just, I completely just... Okay, well, yeah. So she won uh, her, a competition for penmanship, which is somebody with dog shit write, handwriting skills. I can appreciate that a nine-year-old fucking runs circles around me writing in cursive mm-hmm. and, you know, callig- calligraphy or whatever uh, the other terms for it are. I don't think she's doing anything too complicated. Like, she's not writing ch- Japanese symbols with a... With a uh, pen that you dip in an ink bo- mm-hmm. bottle and then swipe it around the page it's a cursive competition but for a nine-year-old she's she's destroying these kids she's she's won the competition a twice cursive a- competition yeah or like it's a wow. penmanship it's a penmanship competition so whoever has the best hand but that's still like but cursive me, is like, one of the uh uh that's categories i think that's impressive yeah i couldn't I- do cursive at nine years old at <laughs> all they had like they had that uh, piece of paper that had like line dotted line line and then you had to Make the lines stay in the lines, like to write mm-hmm. in a in a straight line, like a human being, and then also 
make sure that your uh, lowercase letters don't go over the dotted line in the middle. Right. I would dis- I would be awful at Have it. you, can you still write in cursive now? Other no, than, other than I your name, I can't even barely write. I okay. write you instead of Y O U. I write, I write like I tell. Like I really could not write a full sentence in cursive. I, no, God no, I, no. I don't know how to. I never could figure out the R. How to like you swoop it, come across it, and drop it, it down, down yeah. and then connect it well, to I the other that. letters. Well, I know I do my name, but other and than then that, a, and then the N is two bumps, but the M is three. <laughs> it was so complicated. I don't even know. And then don't even get the Z. Oh God, you have to like. Come up, swoop it round, come down, swoop back up. I mean, Anaya is killing the game. But there's a little, uh, so what's interesting is about Anaya is that she was born without hands. Whoa. She does not have either of her hands. Hmm. It's a really interesting technique that she's come up with to write with the pencil. Like, she keeps it in one of her stumps. I don't really know what to call Mm -hmm. them. And then she takes the other one and, like, grips it. I don't even know how to describe it. It's pretty impressive to watch. Her name's Anaya Ellis. And, um... I mean, Alec, I'm sorry. And it's really impressive to see her do what she does. And she said the big reason that she wanted to be so good at handwriting is because people told her that she couldn't do it. So she grinded every day. And now she kicked all those kids in fourth fourth grade, yeah, nine, nine years old. Oh, you said nine, she's nine years old. Yeah, nine okay, years old. Fourth grade, maybe fifth? Fourth grade, I'd say. She so is, does she use a regular size pen? Or? She uses a pencil. A she pencil? Uses a, okay. a, a, yeah, she doesn't okay. use like, it doesn't have a special attachment on it. She uses the same pencil everybody else wow. uses. And she destroys these kids. I mean, her handwriting is actually very good as well. I don't mean like it's good for a nine-year-old. It's just good. And mm-hmm. I imagine it has to be to win a handwriting competition. Right. But when you see a nine-year-old writing in cursive, that's already impressive. Mm-hmm. But this girl doesn't have any, any hands. hands. Right. So it's even more impressive. Impressive. So I wanted to give a shout out to Anaya Ellick. Um, salute to you. Uh, this this um, this very um, I drew some similarities to a story that you did on the Good Vibe segment a couple weeks ago about that football player who got drafted without he had one hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said the same. You know, we had the same kind of you know uh, uh, um, things to exclaim about him as well. Like, don't let anybody tell you you can't mm-hmm. do anything. You know, nothing's impossible. And I think Anaya really embodies that. I know she's got a tough road ahead of her, you know, being a, somebody without either hands, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but this is a this is a very good confidence boost in a young girl's life very early, and I think that's awesome. And I'm glad that the story's getting headlines and attention because mm-hmm. you know we need to boost up these kids, man. You know, yeah. you got to give them self esteem and, and and make them feel valuable because somebody could come along and do that and then use it in a negative way if at of the wrong point in that person's right. life, you know. So you need to tell these kids how awesome they are early and they don't so they're not looking for affirmation as they get older from the wrong people, mm-hmm. you know. So big shout out to Anaya Ellick. Very proud of you. You are a superstar. Um and I'm wrong. She was in the she's in the third grade. So I don't know anything okay. about how age works. Nope. Um yeah, she's in the third grade. She's got an awesome big trophy and she's won two out of the last three. So she's a champion, you know. That's a dynasty. That's incredible. She's a dynasty within herself. So shout out to you, Anaya. Fran, the floor is yours. So my good vibe story this week is um, about a four-year-old named Austin Austin Perrine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They say an article says, he may not have the power to fly or shoot spider webs out of his hands. He does have the pretty incredible superhero identity. Austin has created an entire superhero identity out of feeding the homeless. So this four-year-old kid... Dresses, he's from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. He dresses up as um, a superhero. He wears his cape and he goes around and feed these homeless people with sandwiches and and um, sodas and whatnot. Yes. And then every time he hands them out, yeah, with his allowance. Yeah, with his allowance. Yeah. So what he told his parents was, "Don't spend no money on toys. 
Let me take that money and buy food for the homeless. And do good deeds with it. Yeah, do good deeds with it. And he calls himself, his superhero name is President Austin. So awesome. Yep. So awesome. So, I've, been, I've been following the story. This kid's yes. really, really awesome. Right. So also when he hands this, when he hands food out to these homeless people, he tells everybody he hands food out to that don't forget to share love. Yes. And I think that's incredible. And then I seen one comment, I don't know if you saw it, that it said, this world doesn't deserve that kid. That's very true. I mean, I'm glad that it's going as viral as it is going. I right. hope he ends up on Ellen and all those good stuff, all those good things happen because in a world that we live in where a kid can go into Walmart and sing a shitty song mm-hmm. and now he's a mega star, everybody's talking about him and sharing his video mm-hmm. or you know, you got Bad Baby, that 15-year-old girl that was on Dr. Phil, she's got she's nominated for a Billboard award for disrespecting her mom and having somebody write songs for her to rap and like shake her Ooh. ass. And she, Daniel okay. Brajoli. Oh, that catch me outside, girl. Yeah, catch me outside. We're not going to talk about that on this podcast. But we are in the in the in the context of this because I'm not saying she's awesome. I'm saying she's terrible. <laughs> I'm saying Austin's awesome. What I'm saying is, in a world where that we live in, where that is that girl, you know, you can suck your teeth and roll your eyes, whatever. That girl's making a lot of money. Oh, and, I know that. And she has a lot of followers on social media, and people love it. And it's like we should be loving people like Austin. Oh yeah, no, you know, I'm just saying she's just not going to get recognition on this show. I mean, but she already has. I already said her name. But what I'm, but I'm not saying she's great. You can talk bad about somebody. I'm denouncing her. I'm saying no, she's bad. But you still get recognition on the show. She doesn't. (laughs) Our trust me, our show isn't going to push her over the top. To how you know? We are the hottest. We are the hottest true crime (laughs) podcast in the street. So you are right. Anyway, we're gonna stop talking about that girl's name. We're gonna praise. We're gonna talk about Austin. President Austin. And we're gonna talk about President Austin, the greatest superhero in the world. He should have been in the Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. Um. And what he does is the world needs more of it, you know. I, and and me, I'm a I'm the most pessimistic person in the world. I'm a skeptic. I I try to find the like anti and everything. And this story, his the power of President Austin, it it, it defeated my my uh, skepticism because with me, I'm like his parents are probably put. You know, whenever I see Lil Tay, all those kids that are like on the internet doing retarded thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. That's that? a bad word. Lil Tay, the little Asian kid who's like, I got more money than you. I'm flexing in a mansion right now. Little, I do that this. That girl? The little Asian girl. The one that be with, we not going to. I, I, oh, I know you're talking about. Listen, man. I know you're talking about. I know. About. <laughs> we go down a rabbit hole about all these internet people. No, I just, don't. I didn't, I was trying to clarify who you was talking about. Make sure we was talking about the same person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know who she is. And we all know who she is. Lil Tay is also, but that, that story is turning dark too. I don't know anything about that. Well, so I don't, I don't, I don't need to go into it okay. too crazy, but I'll tell you about it off air. Right. But, um. Yeah, but I'm saying we shouldn't be praising people like that. We need to be praising more Austins because what my parallel that I was going to about my skepticism mm-hmm. is Lil Tay's mom or her one of her parents, when she does those videos in mansions and stuff, it turns out that the parent is a real estate agent and she goes into empty houses and lets that girl film videos in the houses. Wow. She doesn't live in the house. So the whole Lil Tay persona is being backed by her parents hmm. and letting her curse and hold money and all this kind of stuff. Now, for me, it's like maybe Austin's dad is whispering in his ear, and he's like, mm-hmm. well, you know something? All you need to do is be nice to people, mm. even if that's the case, which is the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is this kid just was born with a heart of light and is awesome and all everything. Worst case scenario is this dad's using his son to put positivity in the world, which mm. is like, if that is making them money and putting a light on positivity, I'm fine with That's, that. Yeah. If, it, if if he's telling his son, like, hey, you know, go out there and give sandwiches to people while I film you. 
he's still giving sandwiches to homeless mm-hmm. people. You know what I mean? So even in my worst, you know, skeptic mind, if he if the father is behind it and he's just like, Austin, call yourself President mm-hmm. Austin, you know? If he's doing that, he's still putting self-esteem into his kid. He's showing his kid what good deeds are, and he's showing his kids that if you do good things to people, recognition will come your way. I don't think that any of those things are bad things to teach a kid. Yeah. I agree with that, but I just I don't like when it hits when it gets to meet when it gets media attention. That's the problem I have with it. That's just like um Are you mean like with Austin? Well, I'm just saying for anything. Like if you're doing something good and then like when people like for example people do when they give money to the homeless and yeah. have it on video. Yeah. Well, I think that that's gross as well. I think it's exploitive, and, you know, and you want to be like, look how awesome I am. Right. I but mean, it, I've done that. I'm sure you've done that, but we've never been like, no, put my camera this? out. Yeah, yeah like, put my phone out. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to film it and put, show, put that person on blast. Right. I think I agree with you in that case, but I think this is bigger than a dollar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad that this is media attention. I think this is bigger than like, hey, man. Hey, look, I'm giving this homeless guy $20. Mm-hmm. Look how nice I am. I think this is like a, such a bigger um, positive movement than just giving yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm not, I'm not shooting down that. I'm no, not, I know what you're saying. Right, you're saying yeah. like people showing their good deeds on camera. Right. I 100% agree. Sometimes it comes off like you're only doing right. this so people can say how nice you are. Right. I just think. As for that kid, I think it's it's awesome. It I, don't even, I don't even think I think it's genuine. It I don't even think genuine. it's just right. I don't think it's just you know we don't know for sure. But exactly, and that's that's know. the skeptic in me though. So right, I always have to try to find that angle mm-hmm. because I don't trust anything. But even in this case, for me, it's like okay, well maybe that dad started a GoFundMe mm-hmm. and you know is making some money off the top. Maybe right. maybe he is. But if he is also letting his son go give sandwiches to homeless people and preach this gospel in the news and be a, 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 a an example to kids mm-hmm. and to adults as well, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's I'm like if they're making it. a couple yeah. dollars, it was like, cool, man, whatever. Right. You you're put, you put you deserve it. You you brought a lot of joy to people's lives with your son, and, right. and, and your son is very awesome. Even so, if it was, I don't think it would be a shock. If I, um, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. I already played it out of my head, in my head, you know right. what I mean? But anyway, no, I want to give a round of applause to President Austin. Um, let's give it up pretty loud for this kid. He's really awesome. Uh, and uh, what does he say? Make sure you share love. Yeah, don't forget to share don't, love. Don't forget to share love. So in order to help you guys not forget to share love, I'm going to take us out with a little bit of Beatles. All you need is love. And when we come back, we're going to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. Fran, uh, you are up, sir. So, hold on. Let me get situated a bit. And if you don't mind, tell me your affirmative murder this yeah. week. Yeah, my affirmative murder this week is Vaughn Greenwood. Vaughn Greenwood. Yeah. Hmm. So, Vaughn Greenwood, a.k.a. the Skid Row Slasher, oh. was convicted of slashing the throats of nine transients as they slept in alleys and other areas downtown in Hollywood in 1974 and 1975. Mm. He was was suspected of killing at least 13 people. Damn. All homeless people. Yeah, all homeless people. Um, So the first of the Southern California several skid row slashes 
launched his one-man army in 1964, taking a decade off before he returned to terrorize Los Angeles with nine more with nine more murders committed over the space of two months. What do you think happened? You think he went to jail or something? No. My my landscaper's cutting the grass for anybody who can hear a lawnmower in the background. It's not a ghost lawnmower. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a long time to just take off from killing the shug. Yeah, dude. yeah. That's weird. So victims were ritually posed by the slasher in death with salt sprinkled around their bodies and oh. cups of blood standing nearby. Oh, ah, this is piquing my interest. Okay. Their wounds surrounded by markings of unknown sickness. What is it? <laughs> is it insignia? No. What is it? Sig sig signifiance. Sig significance. Yeah. Significance. That's it. Yeah, cool. I'm sorry. Cool. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Police. Uh, this this part was funny. So police recruited um a psychiatric expert to create a profile of the killer, publishing publishing assorted sketches of their suspect. By the case was ultimately solved by accident. Embarrassing. Authorities whose profiles of the murders were sadly off the mark. So these people they hired to catch this guy wasn't even close of the profile they made or the sketches or oh. whatever to catch this guy. wasn't close. It was a big sumo man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just with millions of dollars. Right. So the Skid Row Slasher first known victim was an aging transient, David Russell, found on the library steps with his throat cut and numerous stab wounds on November 13th of 1964. You know... There aren't many Asian homeless to my recollection to my recollections. That's pretty that's pretty impressive. I saw one in Miami in two thousand eleven. Asian? Took, took I said picture. aging. Oh. <laughs> I'm like sorry. I'm like, what? Sorry, my bad. Your Baltimore accent, man. I'm sorry. I'm like <laughs> yeah, aging. Sorry, aging. Yeah, go. Continue. The following day, sixty seven year old Benjamin Hornberg was killed in the second floor restroom of his of his seedy hotel. Throat slashed from ear to ear, numerous stab wounds marking his head and upper torso. Mm. Police saw a patterning of sorts, but it seemed to lead nowhere, and the early victims were forgotten by December 1974 when the killer when the killer returned with a vengeance. So this dude took a 10-year break. Yeah. That's pretty nice. 10 years. He was homeless too, I would assume. I don't know. It doesn't say. Hop on the train, right? But oh. ten years to be like, uh, especially when you're killing like that, right? Like with that kind of those kind of circumstances and doing demonic seeming shit, and then you're just like, uh, I'm, I'm over it. Ten years though, for like, I feel like at some point you'd be like, I don't want to do it anymore. But for you to take that long of a break to be like, yeah, back into it. I've, well, I've been in the gym. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> for me, it's like um, I used to eat Rice Krispies all the time. You know. And then one day I just was like, eh, never late to him. But anymore. what made you stop eating them though? That I just kind of like. Eh. I thought you got sick. No, oh, I thought you got sick. Stop eating. A stomach of iron. I've never gotten sick from anything. Um, I just kind of went. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're too sweet. You know, just one day you just kind of that taste bud things is real in some cases where you just like I used to not like Brussels sprouts. Now I love Brussels sprouts. It's just some your taste buds evolved, mm. and I think my taste buds evolved out of Twinkies and Rice Krispie treats. Shit that's just too processed sugar is like oh this 
this doesn't taste good. Now you too could eat uh, Twinkies and Chris, right Christmas trees. I didn't say too good. Let's not, you know. Sure. I mean, I didn't say all that. I'm right. just saying I can understand this guy kind of, you know, losing his taste for murder, for murder, his mm-hmm. bloodlust. Mm-hmm. But then if you were to bring a Rice Krispie treat in here right now, let's take a bite, it could send me down a crazy spiral. Next thing you know, I got dried up Rice Krispies all around my mouth. I mm-hmm. don't have a shirt on. I'm in a field from, I've crashed from a sugar coma. So I can kind of understand this guy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, what are you looking at me like that for? I don't have Rice Krispies in the house. Too good to eat Twinkies. I have not had a Twinkie. (laughs) Let's not try to make me out to be the guy that ate Twinkies all the time. I was using Twinkies as an example. I'm just saying, Twinkies 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 are not delicious. They are delicious. Let's move on because that's insane what you're saying. They are good. Do you also think that McChickens are delicious? McChickens from McDonald's? Yeah. You sitting here telling me you didn't eat McChickens from McDonald's. I ate McChickens when I was a broke boy and young. So you're too good to eat McChickens. You is keep what you're saying, saying no, too good. No, no, answer man. my question. You keep saying too good. I don't like answer them my, anymore. Answer my question. I don't like them anymore. All right, we're going we gonna to move on. You, you eat McChickens still and no, Twinkies? No, I don't eat them, but I'm just saying you... You just what did you just say? First of all, man, back up. Okay, <laughs> no, back no, up, back no, up. No, Because you are getting a little <laughs> in no, my face. No, because we're going we gonna to sell this right now. You just said you used to eat uh, McChickens don't when you was, me. When don't you touch was a, me. When you was a broke boy. When you was a broke boy. Yes. Which well, I was means, like 15. let me finish. Which means you're too good to eat me chickens now because you're not a broke boy anymore. I'm not a broke boy and I don't have broke boy taste no, buds. I don't want to hear it. No, you're too good to eat me chickens. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, you know what, man? If that's what we're going to leave it at, yes. I will stay on, say on the record that I am too good to eat McChickens and Twinkies. Try this McChicken. No. <laughs> Get out of my face, please. Why do you just have a McChicken? <laughs> Got him on deck, man. That's, that's ridiculous. Please continue your story. So police started, uh, I already said this part. So yeah, he, he returned after a 10-year break and started killing with a vengeance. So on December 1st, he murdered a 46-year-old Charles Jackson, an alcoholic drifter, on the spot where David Russell had been slain a decade earlier. Mm. So he came back to the same spot. Yeah. Killed a person. Um, that's Moses Yukanik, a 47-year-old Eskimo, was what? knifed to... <laughs> I do you to say <laughs> He's a forty-year-old Eskimo. First of all, I think that Eskimo is a slur now. So that's for one. I think they. I called, pictured a guy. I think they're called Inuits. You think <laughs> you thought I was a guy in because Skid Row is in California, I think, unless they just have a Skid Row. Yes. Well, this well, there's, he, a, there's he's a in LA. Skid, so. Yeah, there's yeah Skid yeah. Row's in Los Angeles. So an Eskimo. <laughs> I don't even know what he didn't have like a, a fur hoodie on with fur around it and a spear. So <laughs> with snow boots and yeah, uh, in LA and, and ate and ate uh um he had a caribou with him and a <laughs> yeah. sled. Yeah, it's eighty five degrees every day in LA. I don't think Eskimo is a proper term to call a person. <laughs> so uh, but what? Why did they say that? That's I crazy. I, hey. It's the seventies, right? There we yeah, go. Uh, yeah, seventies. Seventies. Yep. There it was. So a forty seven year old Eskimo was knifed to death. In a skit row alley on December on December eighth, and fifty four year old Arthur um, Dalslit was slain outside an abandoned building three days later. On December twenty second, twenty second, a forty two year old David Perez was found in the same shrubbery adjacent to the Los Angeles Public Library. He had so to get arrested, dude, man. He had dude. to for this to just kick back in with this frequency. There had to be something that stopped him from killing people in that 10 years. Well, I think you're right, but I think they say that later on. It had to be. Sorry, continue. Because um, that's crazy. Yeah, so, again, around the, lab, the same library. Um, Casimir Stra- Strawinski, at 58, was found in his hotel. Wait. At 58? 
He's 58-year-old, was found in his hotel room on January 9th. And a 46-year-old, Robert Shanahan, had been dead several days when another, when another hotel maid discovered his body, a bayonet protruding from his chest. A bayonet? Yeah. <laughs> what? A bayonet? Yeah. Like from a Civil War gun? It says... Just the knife. Uh, just the knife part. Just the knife part. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> That would have been Did crazy. Did you say 1870 or 1770? Just stuck the whole shit. Took a big ass, a big gun and, and stabbed him and then left him in a hotel. Like, you know what? This is going to take too long to reload. So yeah, I'm, I'm stabbing stab him with it. <laughs> uh, so in January, that was on January 17th. The final skit row victim, 49-year-old Samuel Suarez, was killed indoors. His body found in a sleazy fifth floor hotel room. Mm. So the killer switched his haunting ground to Hollywood, to Hollywood on January 29th, 1975. Stabbing, tw- stabbing 45-year-old George Freyes to death in his own apartment. Two days later, a cash register mechanic, 34-year-old Clyde Hayes, was found in his Hollywood home marked by Slash's characteristic mut- mutilizations. There you go. Yeah, yeah you, you're talking about, you just said like six murders in 30 days. Oh, yes. That's crazy. Oh, yes. He went nuts. Mostly with a knife. He was just stabbing. Slaughtering people. Yeah, all I mean, these people. Butchering. Um, uh, yeah. So by the time LA detectives had formed a mental picture of their suspect, described as a white man in his late twenties or early thirties, six feet tall and one hundred ninety pounds, oh, with shoulder length, stringy blonde hair, that's what the description was. Coke bottle glasses, probably impaled, probably, yep. scrawny. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why we're here, folks. Yep. A psychiatric profile published on the morning of Clyde Hayes' murder described the killer as a sexually a sexually impotent coward mm. venting his own feeling of worthlessness on hopeless on wait on hopeless victims yeah yeah um on down and outers uh he strongly identifies with the derelict was it derelicts derelicts, derelicts yeah. and yeah. drifters he kills and we think he's trying to resolve his own inner conflicts by turning his wrath and hatred outward the slasher was f- was further described as a friendless a friendless Poorly educated loner, Jesus. probably homosexual with an unspecific physical deform- deformity. Whew, somebody cool off all this Man, tea. Man, they went. Jeez, my God. Mm. <laughs> I am scolding. They went in on that, on that description. I am scolding from that. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Read him for filth. They right? went in on this man. Jesus Christ. So on February 2nd, a prowler invaded the Hollywood home of William Graham, assaulting him with a hatchet. Before house guest Kenneth Kenneth Richard intervened, both men plunged through a a plate glass window. The attacker fled on foot, striking next. Now this part I got confused. Tell me if you understand this part. So he says, the attacker fled on foot. Uh huh. Striking next at the home of actor Burt Reynolds. Oh. Carelessly dropping a letter. So that mean does that mean he he left he he, he ran away from the guy he was yeah, attacking right. and then ended up at Burt Reynolds' house. Y- yeah, that's what I. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just left a letter. He, dropped the, he dropped the letter there, like by accident. Or yeah, just by like, accident, dear Bert. No, by accident. Oh, okay. I couldn't. I went. I couldn't. Well, understand he's in if, Hollywood. Yeah, I couldn't understand if he when he ran from there, he tried to rob Burt Reynolds' house, or he just ran think, past Burt. I think house. when you live in a world of a vagrant, everywhere is 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 not, nothing, nothing's off limits. So he's like running running through yards because he's just like, I'm outside. I'm trying to get away. And he just happened he to drop a letter. He jumped in the Burt Reynolds yard. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Hollywood's not a big place, you know? So, oh, he, yeah, right. he just happened to hop in the, uh, 
fucking uh, Smokey and the Bandit's house or whatever. You know? <laughs> I don't uh, know, one of the key Burt Reynolds movies. So he said, um, yeah, carelessly dropping a letter addressed to himself. In the drive, Excuse he dropped me? the drive. He dropped a letter that was addressed to himself, to himself in the driveway. Yes. Oh, that's a whole nother level of crazy. Yes. Oh wow. But people do that a lot. I see that a lot. People do that. What do you mean? They if write you, a letter to themselves. They write a let, You'll get letters, and it's say it's addressed to one two three, you know, First Street, and then the right. return address is one two three three. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why are they send, send a letter to themselves? themselves? And they pay that's, for stamps to do that. Like, it's that's it's crazy. Really weird. Yes. Well, I think that a lot of, for some people, this is this is just my guess. I could be wrong because maybe they're also just people are just mentally disturbed. A lot of times people think that if you mail, uh, like if you write a song mm. or any kind of thing that you want to copyright, like a joke or something like that, if you mail it to yourself, that means that there's a trail that you, that it originally came from you. Anybody uh, out there is listening, if you can go on the Facebook group and put together what I'm trying to say to Fran later on and he can read it. You know, you, somebody out there knows what I'm saying. Like, if you write a song mm-hmm. and then you go, I don't really have money to copyright this. If you put it in an envelope and mail it to yourself, mm-hmm. that's like the same thing as copywriting it. At least that's the really? urban legend. No, they could be wrong. All these people that you're getting letters from, they might all just think this is true. <laughs> it might be completely fake, but mm-hmm. uh, there's like been a rumor for a long time, mm-hmm. like in circles of people that are just like, yeah, if you... Not even like a room, just like it's something people will just tell somebody. Like, well, yeah, if you write a song, and, yeah, well, you should mail it to yourself. That means that you, co- it's like it's like the same thing as copywriting something. So I don't know. I never that dude it. definitely didn't. That definitely wasn't no. a song. And that was like, <laughs> it was his name, Vaughn. Dear Vaughn, the demons are out again. I had to kill another cow today. This cow's a human, and it's written in blood. And start looking around like he don't know where the letter came from. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's from Vaughn. I'm not Vaughn. Maybe a split personality. I don't know. Ooh. Um. Yeah, so the police picked up Vaughn Greenwood, charging him with counts of burglary and assault. Their search of his residence netting a pair of cufflinks stolen from victim George Freeze. A year later, on January 23, 1976, Greenwood was indicted on 11 counts of murder and a slasher crimes. Now we get back to that, the profile they came up with. Yeah. Unfortunately, the police... Six foot white Unfortunately guy. for police, the... The suspect profile was a stumbling block to their solution of the case. Because it's like the I last think it's guy really they were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> for openers, Von Greenwald was a 32-year-old black man lacking any obvious deformities and finished... Uh, oh, wait. Deformities and from the testimony of acquaintances, he was he was not impotent. He was, he was a loner and he was a homosexual who finished seventh grade before he fled his Pennsylvania foster home and... Thumbed a ride to California. Damn. Which is a hell of a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Most of his adult life was you know spent. I mean, you know what I mean? Dixie probably had to suck to get to California. Whoa. I'm just saying, you know, you don't just get to ride for free. Look, Whoa. man, if you're on the side of the road and you thumb Look, me down. You nothing. There ain't going to be no you anything. I'm not you. in that. No. <laughs> like no. I said, if I thumb you, you think you're just going to ride for free? I don't go that way in my car. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. I guess so. I guess you're not getting to California. Most of his <laughs> most of his adult life was spent drifting. Are you saying? I don't know. Go past that. Most of his adult <laughs> life was spent drifting from, from Chicago to the West Coast and back again. Riding the rails and earning his keep as a migrant farm worker in Chicago during the ninth during 1966, he had a, a demanded cash from a he demanded cash from a 70 year old Mance Porter following a sexual encounter. In, Told you. In the latter skid, in the latter skid road apartment, 
when Porter refused, Greenwood slashed his throat and stabbed him repeatedly with two different knives, spending five and a half years in jail on conviction for aggravated battery. So that was only five years, though. Yeah. Maybe he got out and did the same thing again. This is in Chicago, too, right? This is Chicago. This was in 66. But he started in 64. Yeah. Um... While awaiting trial on murder charges, Greenwood was convicted of assaulting William Graham and Kenneth Richard, drawing his prison term of 32 to 10 years, 32 years to life. What do you mean? Oh, wait, this is after he got caught for all the murders in Hollywood. I thought you were going back to tell us how he got um, to, to, to L.A. No, 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 no. This is his no, L.A. No, no. sentence. Yeah, this is the, oh, okay. the, this is, wait, it says, waiting trial on the murder charges, man. I think these was the first two drawing prison term thirty four years ago. But it says on December thirtieth, nineteen seventy six, the defendant was convicted on nine counts of first degree murder. Um, they reached a verdict. These was they, so I think that was before because he says he was convicted in seventy six. Uh huh. I think you're right. I could be wrong, but I think that he got he served ten or eleven years of a thirty two year sentence, and then got out. Because he then. Maybe because he was sentenced to life though in '77, right? For all the shit he did in L.A., right, right. But he killed somebody in Chicago, aggravated assault in Chicago. Yep. In the '60s. Yep. And he got five years. Yep. And then while he was awaiting trial for that, he got charged with some assaults. Okay, so it says in seven, in nine, in '75, he captured attempting to murder again. He was sentenced to two death sentences of life imprisonment. Oh, okay. That, yeah. but that's the end up. That's, that's like, the end. In L.A. That's, yeah, that's in L.A. Okay. Yeah. I think, I th- I'm going to go with your story. I think that's right. Okay. Because, um, I mean, for him, the frequency of which he was he was killing people, you don't just take 10 you years just, That's off. what I'm saying. You just don't yeah, just you, stop. Yeah, I just, he was in jail. For that long of, that, yeah, nah, you don't just stop know. doing that. And then you get out. And you I think like, we had, every a, day. I think we had, who who did we did that had a, was it the, um was it, um what's that guy's name that was in California also? The one that was killing the, the, um. The sex workers. Didn't he take a break? Oh, the Grim Sleeper? Did he take a break? Yeah. He, no, they thought he took a break. They oh, just, that's right. Okay. They just weren't <clears throat> They weren't following the same profile, oh, so okay. they didn't know all the women were connected. Oh, okay. He was still killing people. That, they <laughs> fucked that up so crazy. Also, I don't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but I just want to say, um, I want to give a shout out to us. I could be wrong, and I could be making assumptions, but um, when we did the uh, Tales of the Grim Sleeper, mm-hmm. we couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm looking for a documentary to watch last night to do Serial and Serial this mm-hmm. month. Guess what's on iTunes now? What? Tales of the Grim Sleeper. You can rent uh, it for 99 cents. So shout out to Nick Broomfield. Maybe you just happened to coincidentally put it on there. Or maybe the Hottest True Crime Podcast nah, in the streets shed some think, light on your yeah. on your documentary. And now you got the courage to put it up on iTunes. I think that's what happened. Because hey. we, we watched it on YouTube, didn't we? Yeah, we had to watch it on YouTube. And I didn't want to. I wanted to support it. Right. I couldn't find it anywhere. I looked for it on iTunes. It wasn't on there. And now it is. Yeah. Uh. Yep, so... He was sentenced to life on January 19, 1977. The judge recommended that he never be released because, quote, his presence, his presence in any community would constitute a menace, quote. <clears throat> For sure. So that is Vaughn. His name is Oren, Oren Greenwood, <clears throat> yeah, he, a.k.a. the Skid Row Slasher. He's batshit crazy. Yeah. The part about him <clears throat> writing a letter to himself is hilarious. And he just crazy. happened to drop it on. Uh, At Burt Reynolds' house. <laughs> That's the most random name. But in the 70s, Burt Reynolds was like Tom Cruise in the, in the 70s, though. He was in this great movie called Deliverance. But um, but I just wanted to um, bring up the profile, how it was just 
Yeah, you said that's, that he's that's a pretty six much six foot tall, impotent white man with long blonde hair. And oh, they went off. But I think yeah. now is I think now is opposite to me. I think it would have been a black guy. They've been like, oh, well, sometime sometime between that time of this story, the crack epidemic, the nineties mm-hmm. gang, you know, you know, gang influx and everything, both East Coast and West Coast, <laughs> rap being introduced to things, you know, so crime rates kind of going up in the black neighborhoods. The a black guy did it is like the fallback description of anything that's happened and uh, and and sometimes a black guy did do it but sometimes you're just it's just you making an assumption right, right. because that's what it had to be that mm. i think that's messed up i'm getting sick of seeing these videos of people just calling police on black people for just living their black ass lives uh, like that um you talking about i don't know if you're talking about a certain story where you're talking about that. well i've met there's oh. been a couple in the past week there was the girl who was studying at at like Yale, the one that the one that says she was asleep. And, yeah, she fell, and she, she fell asleep, asleep while she was studying, and then the lady was like, "You're not supposed to be in here," so I'm calling the police. That's just that's just I hate people like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just you just you're doing too much. It's like, I don't have to prove to you that I'm supposed to be somewhere. Right. You don't you don't own this building. Then they said she opened her dorm room and they still was giving her a hard time. It's like, like, yeah, I mean, you have a key, but you might not live here. It's like, you know. And then there was another video of two guys. There was there was two black guys grilling in a park, and this lady came up to them and was like. Um, you're not supposed to grill here. And this guy's like, man, I've been grilling here for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to grill here. She's like, you're not allowed to use a charcoal grill, though. It can be dangerous to the children when you're trying to dispose of it. Anyway, I'm calling the police. You know, it's just like, why? What is, I never could understand somebody pulling over their car to interfere in somebody mm-hmm. else's life. You know what I mean? I, that is, bothers me more oh, than yeah, anything definitely. in the world. Same, where same it's like me. somebody just living their life, black or white, like somebody's living their life, you know, uh, shooting basketballs, and you know they got maybe they got a rim on a street, mm-hmm. but when the when the car comes, everybody clears over mm-hmm. to the side of the road. For you to pull your car over when there's kids, these kids could be breaking into your house, you know, throwing rocks, at your, throwing right. rocks at your windows, <laughs> doing all kind of bad shit. They're out here playing a game of pickup basketball. For you to pull over your car and be like, you know, you're not supposed to play basketball out here. Mm-hmm. And if I see you out here again, I'm gonna call the police. That's that, just so. Now that you said that, I totally agree with that. Annoys me just as much as when the light turn green. Two wow, point right, two seconds ago. Else. No, but I'm just right. it, that's how mad it makes me. Like when, when the light turned green, people okay. blow that damn I'll horn at me. Go ahead, go for yeah. it. People blow that damn horn uh-huh. when the light just turned green. Oh, on you? Yes. Behind them? You're yeah. there behind you? Any, just like, oh yeah, just in general. They're like go. Like, it's like the light just turned green. Right. Like yeah, no, that no. that's if you're calm down. Yeah. Just chill out. I make a point even because I know the society we live in. Light turned green. I do like a one Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> Three minutes. If I get the three, then I'll hit you. Beep, beep. But I won't go like people. It's a difference between a beep beep and a hey. Right. Like, <laughs> the light just turned green. You know, like if I give you the three seconds, I'm gonna hit you with a squint squint. Right. Just like hey, hey man, hey, look up from your phone. Oh, but for man. it to be like, all right, green one. Oh my god. <laughs> huh, will you go? Like, I will get out of my car and fuck you up. You know, right. it, it does make me very angry. And then it'd be a whole different story. You hop in your car and then he like. They, yeah, they, they shot. <laughs> like doors, like oh, I, I'm not as tough as my horn made me seem. Right. It made me seem, you know. Uh, yes, that is uh, oh, that is man. a very infuriating situation. <laughs> um, almost as infuriating as being black and just having the police called on you for being black right. and doing yep. black ass shit. Like you know, somebody, somebody uh, also uh, somebody called the police on this guy while he was moving into his apartment. Wow. They were like, yeah, there's some black guy just carrying boxes in and out of this apartment unit. Uh, we think he's stealing stuff from the apartment. He was like, man, I've just moved in here. I'm moving That's out crazy. now. I would sue the building and get out of my lease and go live somewhere Oh, yeah, I would bang a U-turn right with my boxes. I would not want to live with those in a building with those kind of people. Um, but you know something? 
I can understand and also uh, being hyper vigilant and being like, I just don't want anything bad to happen to me or anybody in my neighborhood. I can understand that kind of, but sometimes it's just, it's coming from a different place. If it's something when, crazy, I, when you react that fast, yeah. it's like, I'm the kind of person, if it's broad daylight and you're not wearing black and a hoodie and you look super suspicious, if I think you might be up to something, I might come out and be like, hey, man, you need some help? Just to kind of mm-hmm. gauge the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be dumb on my part. Maybe it's a gun. But if it was a guy like, you know, crawling in bushes or something. Tippy-toeing like, with a, a box in his <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he got a, a, a bandana tied around his face. Then I'd be like, I'm going to call the police. But right. a guy being like, <laughs> laughing, uh, playing music. He's got headphones on. He's right. got a box in his hand. I'm like. That guy looks like he's and supposed to be. you see a big there. U-Haul truck out yeah. the house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a sign. Or he's moving the boxes with a dolly. Right. You know, nobody's breaking in the houses and using the dolly to break, it, break in the houses, you know? But anyway, let's hop off our soapbox. We didn't mean to go on about traffic lights and uh, systemic <laughs> racism. but I'm sure people would relate to that. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. And for anybody, some, some of our um, awesome, wonderful Caucasian listeners, um, don't be that person. You know, like... Um, Read the situation, mm-hmm. and if you really genuinely feel like your life or the life of somebody around you is in danger, call the police. Yes. Use the use your gut feeling. Don't, yes. don't use, just... your better, use your best judgment, right. man. Use your best judgment. And if you really, if you genuinely feel like your life is in danger, call the police. But what I will say is you better have that same energy when the police pull up. When the police pull up and they go, yeah, sorry, ma'am, you were just out here doing exercises. This is the woman that called the police on you. If that woman... Pulls out her phone and is like, oh, you called the police on me? You racist? Because you have the same energy and Mm -hmm. let her know why you called the police Mm -hmm. on her. Because I'll see these videos and the people that get, when they get confronted, when the police show up and they're like, yeah, this woman in Unit C is the one that called the police. Mm -hmm. She said that you were, "Uh, don't film me. You know, don't, uh, excuse me. You have no right to film me. You have no right to call the police on people for no reason. So have that same energy. And if you feel right in what you did, you should have no problem having that same energy and let that person know to their face because that's what I would appreciate. Like, look, I I just thought you were. Look, man, you look suspicious. You had a box cutter in your hand. Your shirt had red on it. I thought. Mm I thought you killed somebody. And then it's like, oh, man, no, I used the box cutter to open right. up a can of red paint. And the paint splattered right. on me. I think oh, man, for me, crazy. You right, for lunch? me, if, if you were to do that, if I didn't, say if I didn't know you, uh-huh. I would respect you more you telling me what, what you yes. thought was going Why on. Why you thought I was I'm like, okay, I understand that. A hundred percent. I... Th- the only thing I request from people in any of these situations is keep that same energy. That mm-hmm. that is that is the principle to live by in any situation in your life. If you want to talk bad on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and talk all this tough shit to people, when that person pulls up on you, keep that same mm-hmm. energy. If you want to call the police on people because you think they're suspicious and all that kind of stuff, and then you want to look out your blinds or come outside when the police show up to see if you're right, if that person turns to you and asks you if you called the police, keep that same energy. Mm-hmm. That's all we ask. You I know? agree. Keep that same energy, man, because it's not fair for you to be able to uh, mess up somebody's day or or, or make somebody fit. You know how you know how demeaning and like belittling it is to have the police surround you and demand your ID and all this kind of stuff. Oh, when it's embarrassing. Done, when, you've done, when you've done nothing it's wrong, embarrassing. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not right to put somebody through that, and yep. you get to just remain anonymous and. Oh shit! They didn't do anything wrong. Oh man. Well, oops. Better safe than sorry. It's like no nah, man. That's fucked up. Keep that same energy. Go out there to that person and apologize. Mm-hmm. Man up, woman up, whatever person up. Be a good person, and don't forget to share love, man. Yeah. Like President Austin says. President Austin. Yeah. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned.
All right, folks, and we are back. Also, just a reminder before I jump into my fucked up shit, uh, we plan on doing this month's Cereal and Cereal next weekend. So okay. you need to get out there and look for a cereal that you enjoy, whether it's sweet, savory, oh, gross. Oh, never mind. Don't get a savory cereal. Um, but find a cereal that you enjoy and, um, you know, uh, dive into whatever movie we pick. We will let We will have it for sure picked out by the time, you know, by next weekend. So, you know, just get out there, get your eyes, keep your eyes peeled for a cereal you might want to indulge in. Uh, let's get ready to enjoy a nice cereal and cereal episode next week. Anyway, uh, Fran, my affirmative murder for this week is the story of Mr. Tony Atkins. Okay. <clears throat> is this a black guy? Yes. Okay. Uh, Tony Atkins came of age in Detroit. The product mm. of a nightmarish childhood, Atkins' mother was a sex worker, and he said he frequently watched her in action. Whoa. Yeah. Oof. Like way to from off. a closet with the shutters, like with the little you yeah, where you can peep through. Yeah, uh, that's disgusting. Yeah, he also claimed he'd been raped by at least one of his mom's Johns at age ten. And I don't mean John as in J A W N, like I'm from Philly, like some gross Philly person. I mean John as in J O H N, a John that a mm-hmm. sex worker would have. Uh, they had a funny sketch on um, on. Um, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon because he has the roots as his in-show band mm-hmm. and they played a game where you, you get one word to uh, describe a, a person mm-hmm. and the word was John. You know, <laughs> like, man, that John. You, uh-huh. know, you know, Philly people talk. <laughs> Gross. Uh, from that horrific environment, Atkins grew up to become a homeless crack cocaine addict. Mm. He supported his habit, he said, by working as a part-time pizza cook and male prostitute, which is Quite wow. the uh, double. Uh, that's quite a double shift to pull, you know. Like, well, his his beginning was already fucked. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he he never really stood a chance. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, he he followed in the family footsteps and, and became a sex worker. So, like dur- by the day he would cook sausage, and then by the night he would smoke sausage. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Atkins. <laughs> Atkins also absolutely despised women in general and sex workers, which, all right, <laughs> in particular, which I, he hates his mother, but he also part-time is a sex worker. So, you know. Um, um, so he hates females. He hates females, but in particular, he hates female sex workers. Oh, okay. Um, because he wow. hates his mother. Right. Um, between December 1991 and August 1992, he beat, raped, and fatally strangled 11 sex workers. Just an easy target, man. I mean, what's crazy is, again, and we brought this up on other episodes, when we go into these stories of guys like uh, Ted Bundy and and, and, uh, the BTK killer, they had to be cunning. You know, they had to lure people. Mm -hmm. They had to take them to secluded locations. In these uh, poor minority neighborhoods, they're just killing people on the streets. Oh, yeah. And leaving them in alleys and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's so much less about cunning and skills and tricking people and just about you're a kid in a candy store and there's a bunch of people littering the streets that nobody gives a shit about, including right. police or mayors or governors. Nobody cares about these people. So when they come up missing, they go, oh, well, it's a, um, a hazard of the job. Mm-hmm. She's a sex worker, so she knew the risks she was running by being out here late in the middle of the night. It's like, how can you use that to justify five women being dead in a in a eight mile radius how do you not decide to do a little investigation mm-hmm. you know and and in a lot of cases they do but in a lot of cases they don't a lot of cases they go 
well, you know, another sex worker's dead. I mean, that's what happens, right? I just don't like them looking at it as towards like these people out here doing it for fun. Like some of these people have to pay. Yeah. They got they got kids. And yeah. Doing it for fun or, or that they deserved it right. because, you know, addiction is real. Mm-hmm. And one thing that pisses me off more than anything, I, 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 and I try not to go into political things, but I don't even think this was political. But when crack flooded these black and Hispanic neighborhoods in the 1980s, these people were demonized. You know what I mean? Like they were thrown in jail at insane rates. If you look at the incarceration rate between 1960 and 1995, it shot through the roof in the 80s and the 90s and the late 70s. Because they treated these people like criminals when they were addicts. But now you fast forward in 2018, these opioids and all these suburban kids are high out of their mind on Percocets and mm-hmm. doing dope and everything. And now we need to save these kids. And drug dealers need to be given the death penalty. And if you sell somebody some drugs and they overdose, then you need to go to jail and you need to be given the death penalty. You need to die. It's like, why fair. weren't these people treated like victims in the 80s? You know, why didn't we, why didn't we treat these people with compassion and love? In the 80s and 90s, you know, and we you could say maybe we're learning from our lessons of the past. But I just again, man, keep that same energy, man. Like if you love and you have compassion for addicts, then we should have had compassion and love for these people when these neighborhoods were being destroyed. Mm -hmm. But now it's come out to the suburbs and, you know, people, are, you know, 18 year old kids are overdosing. And now it's, you know, a tragedy and we should feel bad. It's the neighborhood. It's the neighborhood and the people that live in those neighborhoods. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy. Um. So, yeah, so he killed 11 sex workers. Throughout his homicidal run, Atkins maintained a basic modus operandi or motive, or motive uh, cruising Woodward Boulevard along one of the scariest and most crime-ridden districts in Detroit. And that's saying a lot because Detroit, Detroit looks like yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. a, a transform a scene from Transformers. Like, all the <laughs> buildings are, like, blown out and abandoned. It, Detroit's a, is, is a mess. Um so, but he was in one of the worst neighborhoods in Detroit, killing mm. people. Uh, Atkins would score crack and offer to share it with one of the numerous streetwalkers working the area. He'd then lure his target into a vacant building or an empty lot blocked from street view. Once there, Atkins would attack his victims sexually and choke them to death while screaming such vulgarities as "you bitch" or "you whore" or "you whore." So he really uh, hated women, but he really, really hated sex. He did it after he had sex with them. Yeah, well, he was like, all he beat them, raped them, and strangled them. But he would prolong it too, like oh. let up. It would let yeah, let up wow. while they're gasping, and then you know probably say some That's more terrible. terrible things. Being a, I being a woman is is very hard, man. Uh, and I and I fully I don't know support. I, I don't know what support means. I don't. I'm not really doing anything to help women, mm-hmm. but I fully empathize with the difficulties it is being a woman and walking outside. I could never imagine, and maybe a lot of women probably don't, but I could never imagine being a woman and every day I walk outside like, well, man, I can't forget my mace or make sure I bring my key, I'm really sharp key on my keychain just in case uh, I get attacked. You know, Sierra got a new car and she was like, oh, it's so cool that um, if I have my key in my pocket, there's a button on the door that I don't even have to take my key out of my pocket. I just press the button and the door opens right up. That's what mine did. That definitely was made for women. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe men too. I mean, men can get attacked in the middle of the night too. Mm. But like that thought of, I've never been like in a neighborhood and maybe I'm stupid because we live in Baltimore. Mm. So maybe I should be, but I've never been in a neighborhood where I'm like fumbling for my keys. You know, like, Oh my God, I need to get my keys out and get in my car. It could absolutely happen. But I think for women, that's even more hype. Right. So, you know, I absolutely feel bad for that about that. Um, 
In channeling his rage, Atkins prolonged both the rapes and the strangulations as long as he could. And as noted, he repeated this pattern 11 times in just nine months before he was caught. Uh, um, this, this vile record got Atkins deemed America's fastest serial killer. Why? Cause I think the at the time or maybe okay. in Detroit, cause 11 and nine months, we've heard of some faster ones than that, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know. Newspapers, they got to sell newspapers, man. You That's know, true. headlines grab attention. Uh, what year was this? This is uh, the 90s. 1990s. Yeah, oh, okay. this is in the 90s. Um, and speaking of headlines, I just want to say, I can't remember the guy's names right now. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to go into it right now. I'm going to bring it up at a different time. Um, so his victims were Darlene Sanders. She was 34 years old. She was attacked, raped, and sodomized in October of 1991 in Highland Park. His next victim was Debbie Ann Friday. She was 30 years old. She was found raped, strangled, and sodomized on December 14th, 1991 in Highland Park. His third victim was Bertha Jean Mason, age 26. She was found strangled, raped, and sodomized on December 30th in 1991 in Detroit, but I'm sure it wasn't far from Highland Park. So now you're talking about three murders, probably within, you know, five to ten miles of each other. Uh, his, fourth, his fourth victim was Patricia Cannon George. She was 36 years old. She was found strangled, raped, and sodomized on January 3rd, 1992 in Detroit. Vicky Love was 39 years old. She was also sodomized, strangled, and raped on January 25th, 1992 in Detroit. Valerie Chalk. She was 34 years old, found the same way on February 17th, 1992 at a, at a motel in Highland Park. So Damn. I don't understand how these bodies can pile up all within a, you know, a month of each other and there not be a lookout or, or people being told, Hey, don't, don't hook around here anymore. It's, it's a dangerous area to be doing this mm-hmm. around here. You know, it's just, people don't, don't care, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's pretty crazy. Um, Juanita in Hardy. The same area though. I mean, yeah. Dang. I mean the same exact, it's, it's <laughs> crazy, man. Juanita Hardy was 23 years old. She was also found raped, strangled, raped and strangled. At, at the same motel on February 17th, 1992. So uh, Valerie Chalk was found on February 17th, 1992 at Monterey Ho- Motel, room 68. And Juanita Hardy was found at Monterey Motel in room 35 on the same day. Wow. So he was going from room to room. I'm, su- I'm sure this was like a, a prostitution motel. Like where oh, you yeah, bring definitely. Johns. Yeah, yeah. So he was jumping rooms in the same night killing people you know uh there was an unknown female body found strangled at monterey motel in room 18 on february so 17th. this guy was using money to get these hotels <clears throat> i would bet it was sometimes it was money but also it was crack to get the hotels but that i don't know i about to they say, didn't that's, say you that's, gotta you gotta rent a hotel but say, they might, but much. the, but sometimes the motel might have an agreement with the women where they go, I'll give you a cut of my oh, okay. profit I make from the dude right. to get the room. I about to say, cause that damn sure wouldn't do no shit. If like I that. was a sex worker, which I've never been, but if I was a sex worker, I definitely wouldn't be coming out of pocket for my room. I'm talking about the guy. I'm talking about being the guy. I damn sure wouldn't do that if I was. Oh, well then you person. wouldn't, you wouldn't get any I'll of this. Be, I'll be. <laughs> That wouldn't be happening. I'm not gonna take my money and buy and rent a room, <laughs> and, then, just, and then perform my services. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> how's that fair? I'm just saying I wouldn't spend my money to get these these rooms for these women and then just 
kill them. You just kill them. You kill them just like and not just, in a room. And get another room. Like yeah, that's I'm three. Cheap. That's three rooms. Right. But <laughs> in I, the would night, also, like, I would also assume this isn't this isn't the Four Seasons. Yeah, I'm just, I know. I'm <laughs> you <just> know. <laughs> Like five dollars an hour. They probably you can probably rent these motel rooms by the hour. Um, Just dirty. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So they but they found a they found an unknown female body in the same motel in a different room on the same day. Uh, Brenda Mitchell, who was 28 years old, was found raped and strangled on April 9th, 1992, in Highland Park. Vicky Beasley Brown was 27 years old. She was found raped and strangled on April 15th. So that's less than a week later in Highland Park. So he was different from Highland Park and the hotel? Highland Park and the hotel, and then some of them said Detroit. But it's all in Detroit. Right. So, you know, I think that's just, it's not in Highland Park. So they just didn't say Highland Park. But I'm sure it was not far from Highland Park. Mm. But the majority of them were in Highland Park and in this motel. Three of them were in the same motel on the same night. Uh, Joanne O'Rourke was 45 years old. She was found repeatedly raped. And strangled on June fifteenth, nineteen ninety two, in Highland Park. We got, and then we got Oceana Waymer, who was twenty one years old. She was beaten, raped, and sodomized and strangled on August twenty first, nineteen ninety two, in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his last victim was Latanya Shawanda Smith, uh, age twenty nine. She was found beaten on August twenty first, nineteen ninety two, in Highland Park. I mean, that's that's insane for in that. What, what? Was he burying them or he was no. just No. He just he was leaving them in lots but how do you abandoned not, how buildings. Do you, but how do you not p- patrol the area at this point? Nobody's put one is the nineties, <laughs> nobody's patrol nobody That's patrols true. the bad neighborhoods. You patrol That's the true. good because then you who would patrol all the nice neighborhoods? Those are the people that really need protection, is the people with all the money and everything. In at least in our society's mind. So but the, you know what's what's happened now in 2018 is like all our neighborhoods in Baltimore they have those blue lights up mm-hmm. those are cameras so it's more like uh it really feels like a, a concentration camp or you know Nazi Germany where you're under the thumb of the law constantly there might not be police present at all time mm-hmm. like a in a physical embodiment but there's always a police presence cuz those blue lights are always yeah, on they, they ain't stopping nobody mm-hmm. that's for sure they aren't but they're making a difference, they, but it ain't they stopping them. They aren't stopping anybody, but they're doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing because they are catching the people, putting them in jail, and then keeping the prison industrial. Let me get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. Well, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, but I agree with that. They, they don't want to stop the people from killing people. They want to catch them and then mm-hmm. put them in jail. But this isn't that podcast. This is this is a whole other subject. We won't go down. Um. So, yeah, but those were all the victims. Um. With bodies turning up with such horrific frequency, the Detroit police teamed with officers from Highland Park, Michigan State Police, and even the FBI to hunt down the killer. Interviewing the local state police, Detective Royce Alston came across Donna, the working girl now thought to be the first victim Atkins tried to murder. Donna told the detective about somebody named Tony, picking her up back at Christmas time. She said that she got high with him in an abandoned Howard Johnson's theater. And then, after catching a vibe that things were turning ugly, she escaped by running buck naked out into the streets. Mm. So, shout out to Sky Donna. Yep. Um, it just you takes gotta, one, man. Hey. Just one. Listen, Donna, you know what Donna did? Donna remained always on the lookout. You gotta always be on the lookout. She was high on crack, enjoying 
an abandoned Howard Johnson theater, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> to be in a, a, an abandoned movie theater, right. that sounds terrifying. But she was high on crack. But she when you also, said it, I was like, what? How does how does that look? Like, yeah, it probably <laughs> smells like mildew, and like there, you can see the sky because some of the ceiling fell down. But even though she was high off crack, her wits were not uh, taken away from her, and she noticed that this dude is sketchy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this isn't going in a good direction. So. Fume, and yep. just ran out of the door with no clothes on. The hell with the crack. Yeah. The hell with the Fuck money it, or whatever. Know, I'm going to live to see another day. That's what Donna said. Um, talking to a reporter later, Donna said, I couldn't figure out what else he was going to do but kill me. So I got away. On August 11th, Donna took a ride with Detective Alston along the Woodward Corridor. She spotted Tony Atkins on a corner, presumably, presumably looking to turn himself into presumably looking to turn trick himself, meaning he was out there hooking. Right. (laughs) Um, Alston brought Atkins in for questioning. Initially, Atkins denied everything. And then he tried this one. He tried it. So I, you know, I I respect it a little bit. He said he was gay and asked, why would he want to pick a woman up for anything, let alone sex? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) After a while, Detroit homicide detective, Sergeant, Sergeant Ronald Sanders took over the interrogation and he hit him with the first 48 uh, move. He mm-hmm. said uh, he achieved a breakthrough by calmly and compassionately saying to Atkins, you never had a father. I have a son exactly your age. You need to get this off your chest. Talk to me. Hit him with that emotional mm-hmm. shit. And that's when they're like, man, I don't know, man. I just, I didn't mean to do it. <clears throat> and then uh, while downing five cheeseburgers, wow. Atkins did just that. He confessed every detail to Sanders in describing what he did to each victims. When he kicked his feet up on a desk and had his feet crossed. Yeah, I'm about to reenact it now. Oh, okay, good. Uh, Atkins said, after raping her, having sex, and hating her for being a woman, I had the desire to kill her for being a woman. Um, That's good. I just wanted to hate her and cause her harm. He also added, I killed all 11 of them, so I didn't have to worry about them pressing charges on me. Uh, Following a four-month trial, the court sentenced Atkins to 11 life terms, one for each murder. He died just four years later. Upon learning of Atkins' demise, uh, prosecutor Michael uh, Michael Reynolds told reporters, while no one takes joy in another's death, even one who has committed such horrendous acts, uh, at least those who lost loved ones uh, at the hands of Mr. Atkins take comfort in knowing he will never be released back into society. And uh, he, uh, Tony Atkins died from complications of HIV. Uh, so he died four years into 11 life term sentence. That's crazy. Uh, them burgers must have had a spot. Oh, he, they burgers. were delicious. He had five of them. <laughs> I could never even eat five dirt burgers. Could you eat five McChickens? No. no. I thought you loved him so much. Uh-huh. I thought you could. You got a piece of this one, though. I don't know. First of all, <laughs> make sure when you leave, you take that out of the house. Because I don't... Delicious, man. You no, try man, one. The smell of the McChicken gets in the walls. I got extra mayo on it. Oh, Lettuce. Got okay. some buffalo sauce here. You That's disgusting, man. Oh. Um, that was the story of Tony Atkins, also known as the Woodward Corridor Killer. That was crazy, man. It's the, for, the part I can't get over was all being in the same area. It was just... The part was crazy to me is that they found three bodies 
in the same hotel on the same night in three different rooms. That's crazy. That's like a horror movie. That's insane. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty nuts. Do you have any updates on the PO box? Yeah, I do have uh breaking news. You know. Um, oh wait, let me have... let me get you a horn going. Okay. Breaking news horn. Keys here. Ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling. Yeah. Um, I got it. The, I got it the other day. Hold on. We are official like so, a referee with a whistle. P.O. Box number is 34258. 34258. 34258. City Essex. Um, uh, State is Merlin, M.D. Zip code is 21221. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure we post this up on the Facebook yes, group. Yes, so I do have the P.O. Box up and running. I do have the key. Yeah, so... Uh, so send me my Reese's. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, for anybody that wants to send Fran some Reese's or send us something that will help us with the podcast, such as if you see a cereal that you... Th- I yeah. still haven't been able to find this unicorn cereal. So if anybody is like, we want them to try this, send it to us and let us know that you're sending us and then we'll make sure that if we do see it, we won't buy it. So that is what I will recommend to you guys if, if you guys do decide that you want to send us anything. I know somebody wanted to send us some spoons that said serial killer on them. Oh, awesome. Those are totally in play. If you guys want to send us that, those will go great with my serial killer mm-hmm. bowl. So this this goes up tomorrow, right? I mean Monday. 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 We are recording Monday. on a Saturday. Right. So yes. okay, yeah. So you can go ahead and um it's it's set up. Everything is it's up and running. Yeah, now, so we'll so. make sure we'll have Fran um it's Saturday, so we'll post you make sure you like maybe post a not a link, but like uh post the status up on the Facebook group just with the P.O. box information. Okay. And, well I'll do uh, that after you upload after Yeah, you yeah. Oh, also do it Monday? Yeah, I'll do it Monday after. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um so he's gonna do that on Monday as well. And um yeah, uh, to all the wonderful, beautiful mothers out there, and uh, have a wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, you know, don't let any man who was in your life shortchange you. I was in the barbershop yesterday, and a dude was getting his hair cut, and, uh, you know, a barbershop conversation goes, and the, the dude was cutting his hair, and he asked the guy in the seat, uh, so what are you going to get your girl for Mother's Day? You know what he said? Mm, nothing. No, he said, she's not my mother. <laughs> I thought that was one of the coldest things I've ever heard in my life. I, I, oh, couldn't, do, I couldn't do nothing but bust out laughing because I was like, I mean, I guess technically you're right, but that's so fucked up. I mean. What, do you agree? <laughs> no, I mean, because it's, it's not. Well, I, don't, no. I don't know if she have kids or not, so that's why I'm saying it's funny. They, they do have kids together. Oh, they, they oh, have, so, ki- okay. they have kids right. together. So what the, what the barber shop conversation turned into was my barber telling them, yeah, man, but how old is your kid? And he, he goes, well, you know, she's too young. He said, well, y- your job is to show your kid mm. that you're supposed to get your mother something for Mother's Day. And then this fool, my barber goes, uh, do you get anything for Father's Day? And he goes, yeah, I mean, like a card. And, they, and he goes, did your kid get it for you? Or did your girl get it for you? He goes, well, my kid's too young to get the car for me, so my girl gets the car for her. And we were like, that's what we just said, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, you get your girl a gift uh, from you and your son. Right. Yep. To show your son to appreciate your mother. Mm-hmm. That's not my mom. No, but I, when the reason why I, I made that face is because I, I didn't know if he had a kid. I didn't know if he I Yeah, I'm not going to get Sierra a Mother's just... Day gift. Yeah, 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 for right. sure. Yeah, so. yeah, they have a child together. Okay. I should have made that clear. Yes. Um, I'm not saying if, if you're a woman with no kids... A cat or a dog does not count. So right. don't be don't looking to your man to uh-huh. buy you a, a gift for Mother's Day because he's not he's, he doesn't have to do that. 
But if you guys have children together and your child is a baby or one or three, between one and five, maybe maybe one in like seven, before you can like, like Sophia won't for at least another like four years be able to go, I want to get mommy this. Right. So right. you need mm-hmm. to like take her mm-hmm. and, and, and you guys give her the stuff together. Have right. Sophia. Here's a bear. Mm-hmm. I bought it with my money, but. You know, Sophia's yeah. gonna get yeah, it. Yeah, you to get you. a card, write our name, both our names on it. Yeah, for both of us. Yeah. There you go. You know, so um, but yeah, um, all all you beautiful listeners out there, male and female, if you're a man with no, with no kids and no girl, hey man, do like me. Go to the grocery store. I got me a brisket smoking right now. Smoke you a brisket tomorrow. Well, no, you have a mother. Let me take that back. If you're a man with no woman and no kids, go show your mom some extra love tomorrow. And for anybody out there who's lost a parent. Um, just, you know, reminisce over the fond memories of your mother on tomorrow and enjoy Mother's Day, all of those of you who are celebrating it. And um, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. Catch y'all next time. Deuces. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.